What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the stream. We'll uh, we'll we'll buy a little time and uh, let everybody uh, trickle in here. Um, as I said in the tweet, we will be responding to comments. You can leave your questions. You can roast us. It doesn't really matter. Um, Owen will be reading the comments because I'm illiterate, and uh, we can we can get going. This is episode six of the Dose of OJ podcast. And uh, we hope you enjoy that uh, we live stream these because, uh, honestly, we enjoy it. Whether you tune in or not, we're, we're going to keep doing it. Uh, like I said, episode six, dedicated to Jay Culler. Shout out to Jay. And uh, our, real quick, this wasn't a topic, but are you team Jay? Uh, I think we've mentioned this before, but I am 100 and million percent. It's literally as high as you can go team Jay. Like that, <laughs> I don't even know his now ex-wife's name, but... Uh, if I ever met her, um, she'd get some. She get some ill words from me. She, when you told her to go get a job, <laughs> oh, dude, I, I'll I'll never forget reading that. Um, when she said, I think the comment or the quote went something like, um, that she asked him for five million dollars so she could buy she a it. house. She got the money. She got it. That's ridiculous, Jake. Did he cave or was he forced? Because that that's that's was- a. I think he was that, bored. Either that, that or she went so psychotic that he was like, get this crazy bat out of my life. It's not like he can't afford it, but nonetheless, I understand where he was coming from. Power move by Jay, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so getting started with this uh, episode of Dose of OJ. First of all, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at JoshBUSN, at Owen underscore Watterson, W-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N. Um, the topic that we're going to start with today, and I'm going to hand up, I'm not really a golf fan. However, what the Masters did with the match, um, bravo, and do it every single year. So I'm, I'll just I'll give you the floor, and, and you can kind of dis- discuss um, what exactly they did. It's not news to anybody, but what exactly they did and uh, your favorite parts, because I have a favorite part. So go ahead. So I, I don't want to spend, like, super long on the match itself, because uh, although it, it was a fun event to watch Tom Brady sink in. I forget how far out it was. Um, uh, he hit it right in the, in the hole from pretty far out. I had, I remember watching the highlights. I wasn't at home to watch it live, but uh, nonetheless, my favorite thing about the match was really just the concept and, and how it was played out in the midst of all this stuff. And what I want to use the match for is to segue into what I'd like to see other sports do. Um, yeah. You know, a, a sport like the PGA or association like the PGA using famous players that had nothing to do with their sport to promote their sport is, is pretty impressive. Um, and I'd like to see similar things. Obviously the PGA doesn't have an all-star weekend, uh, things like that. It's just a different format from most of the major sports leagues in the United States. But some of the fan favorite things like with the match, that I'd like to see in some other sports, Josh, I'm, I'm sure you have some opinions on some different things you'd like to see within the MLB, but especially as far as the NBA goes, there's so many different things uh, that they could learn from this uh, and using what the fans would like to see to their advantage. Cause at the end of the day, this was, this was for the fans, um, especially in times like this to see their favorite players from other sports go out and, and golf competitively and, and have a good time about it. Um, I'd like to see another version of the match played again uh, with, you know, maybe Stephen Curry, who is supposedly a really good golfer. Maybe his dad, Dell, uh, Charlotte Hornets legend, whose jersey should be retired, by the way. 
but I rest my case. Um, I'd like to see MJ in it, who is – I can't imagine seeing MJ as ultra-competitive as he is on the golf course with some random people just treating it like it was normal, but MJ takes it super seriously the entire time. Um, but, again, what I think other sports can learn from this is take what the fans want into consideration because that's how you grow. Think yep. about NBA All-Star Weekend. The amount of possibilities the NBA has within that weekend is almost endless. One of the, the things I'd like to see the most has to be a one-on-one tournament uh, or maybe a three-on-three tournament. A one-on-one, I think, would probably draw more attention, um, and I think it'd be a good way to settle some beef <laughs> for for a lot of these players that have problems, right. which is always the case in the NBA, it seems like. Uh settle the beef stop talking on twitter stop talking on instagram and let's go into all-star weekend ready to go one-on-one and see who see who wins see who gets the 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 final say in the trash talk um but that that's my biggest thing with the match again i'm not the most avid golf fan i pay attention to it just like you know majority of people do that are into sports but uh, I, I just want other sports to take notice of what the PGA did with the match and, and use it to their advantage in taking in, in fan consideration into uh, how they approach these not not so much celebrity events, but non-regular season, uh, normal run-of-the-mill events, I guess is the best way to put it. I love the, the one-on-one idea. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, Steph Curry, one-on-one against... I don't know, like Bradley Beal, <laughs> like something. I don't know, but that was the most random matchup. I, I think know, you could super, super random, like Zach Levine <laughs> against Steph, like something like Lowry marketing. You, you get my point, but like, I just think that it would be because here's the, I'm, I'm probably thinking too much into this, but it's more relatable. Like you see the youth kid, like the, the youth, right? They go to the park. They play one on one, or they play twenty one. Well, that would I mean I would want. I think it's I think it's uh the rules after Kobe died have been officially changed to twenty four globally. So just keep that in mind. If you ever go oh, to I, the court and somebody says play twenty one, you slap him in the face, correct him, and say no, we play for Kobe and we play to twenty four. Truth. Okay, what about thirty two? Because twenty four and eight is thirty two. Can you still play through thirty two? I feel like that's too long. Twenty four is almost too long. That's, the, it, that's too much you for can a play one on one. Threes, though. Okay, if you're playing twos and threes, that's different. But if oh, you're playing one on one, 32 would be terrible. Yeah, no. Okay, so we'll call it 24 now. But I think did they do that one year at the All Star game? Did they have a like a 21 or or 32? Didn't they do that? I swear they did that. I can't remember. I mean, during all this COVID stuff a couple months ago, they did the horse competition. That, that was, was stupid. Uh, that was the worst. It was it was so bad. I I didn't even watch it. I just think like the NBA has such an advantage because basketball is so like you need the facility, right? But you like you need a park. But it's so relatable. Like mm-hmm. you, you can go grab a ball and go outside and play. And like you can you can shoot from the same the same spot that Steph did or like whatever whatever the case is and your point with the one-on-one tournament or the two-on-two or three-on-three, whatever, kids do that. So they're like, I can just picture like a 13-year-old kid going, okay, it's it's Steph, Clay, and KD against uh, 
Zach Levine, Lowry Markinen, and Carlos Boozer decided to come back. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, okay, well, who would be on my team? And then they call up their boys and they're like, yo, we're going to have a three on three tournament tomorrow and we're meet us at the park at two. Like that, the NBA has such an advantage there. And I think, like, I think the executives in the NBA are smart enough to be like, yeah, let's, let's just, let's try it. And if it doesn't work, I mean, it's, it's worth a chance for at least one year, just like with the, the final All Star game, All Star Sunday. This last All Star weekend for the NBA, you know, they decided they were going to experiment and 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 see how the I forget what was the exact format. Um, it's, it was it's something changed in the fourth quarter. It was like a total amounts. Uh, first throughout team the whole game points, I think. It, it was something like that. I can't remember the exact rules or the way they did it off the top of my head. It had something to do with twenty four in the fourth quarter. I know that, but. They changed it once, and especially for anybody that doesn't watch a lot of the NBA, the NBA All-Star Game, for the most part, uh, with the exception of this past year, is usually miserable. Um, it, it's it's fun entertainment. You know, the NBA isn't playing regular season games, but it's not really that competitive. Uh, people are trying to to show off and, and show people what they can do, but it's, it's never really been um a full-on like there's never been any stakes is probably the best way to put it right uh and and that changed and i don't know if it's because they changed the rules i feel like it has a lot more to do with kobe than it did with the rule change itself on top of that they were playing whichever team won i think got a hundred thousand dollars to give to a certain charity and they had the charity's kids on each like they were going insane that was that was pretty cool to watch uh but just experiment with it, man. Like give, give different things a chance, give fans what they want. If it don't work out, then you move on to the next year and see what happens. But again, like I said earlier, I think a lot of sports leagues have a a lot to learn from what the PGA did with the match. I, I want to specifically talk about, um, like the best part about the match was the fact that they were mic'd. Like no one, you would still get people tuning into it if if nobody was mic'd, but mm-hmm. you got more people tuning in because it's like, I want to see what Tom's going to say, or I want to see yeah. what Peyton's going to say. So I've been advocating for this for a long time, like six to 12 months, that like these players need to get mic'd up. And yeah. I don't know, like I I don't know what these what the pro players think. Like I don't know if they're like, I'm not wearing a mic because, especially in certain sports, like golf, it's a little different. There's not a ton of movement and you know it's it's a slow pace so they talk all the time but like for major league baseball players when they mic'd up chris bryan and anthony rizzo it was electric it was amazing and i need trevor bauer mic'd up for a whole season a hundred percent (laughs) so trevor bauer mic'd up on the bench in the bullpen can't imagine i can't even imagine um but I just think like they need to find a way and I'm sure the technology is out there where they can have them, them mic'd up and it's not even affect them, not affect them at all. Like the players could forget that they're mic'd. That should be where they're at. And I'm hoping that when baseball returns and when sports return, they are mic'd up. And I, mm-hmm. I, I know there's going to be some people that are like, well, players are mic'd up already. They just use it as exclusive content. And it's like, yeah, I, I understand that you can well, with no fans in the stands. You have right. to give exactly. Yeah. And, like you can still do that. Like if you're ESPN and you're like, well, we, we want, we want to upload this on YouTube because you know, we, we generate revenue from YouTube too. 
I, I get that. So why don't you do the first five innings of a baseball game is on TV. Like the, the first five innings of Trevor Bauer mic'd up is on TV. And then six, seven, eight, nine are on YouTube. And you got to go there to watch it. People would go. I would go. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, at SBR, Juju says, hey, guys, I love the show. I appreciate the love, man. Keep listening. I promise you we're going to keep doing our best to not act like idiots. So, no, no promises. <laughs> pre- no promises. No promises. Anyways, no we appreciate promises. the love, man. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Yeah, man, I, I like the... I like the mic'd up thing. And I, so the one sport that I think it might really be an issue with is basketball. Because, how, like, where are you going to put it? Are they that small now to where, like, you could just throw it on their jersey and it sticks and you're good? Or do they? does it need to be wired? Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know the technology. So it would be amazing if you could be like, hey, we're miking up LeBron and we're micing him up for the whole game and the entire audio file, aside from like when he's sitting on the bench drinking his water, like they'll, they'll make edits. The entire thing is available on ESPN, uh, on ESPN's YouTube channel and future, like for just to let you guys know, parental advisory, there's it's uncut. Like if they did it with the last dance and they were like, upload two versions Upload two versions to your to your YouTube channel. The ESPN version that's edited says LeBron James mic'd up, edited version. The next one says LeBron James uncut. People want to see, people want to hear people drop f bombs. I'm sorry, like it, it's just the way it is. If anyone's offended with language, like take a walk. Like I saw one guy, especially, especially within the realm of professional sports, I, like in in competition. I I read a tweet a while ago i think it was the middle of the last dance this guy was like wow real classy espn i watched this with my five-year-old and he he saw uh he heard michael jordan drop an f-bomb like this is absolutely ridiculous and i'm like hey fuckhead uh the edited version is on espn too check yeah they did that on they did that on purpose so people like that with complaints would have an outlet so they didn't have to to complain about the foul language Look a little harder. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's come on, man. It's nothing to complain about. I thought, especially, I was actually kind of glad they did the last dance the way they did within the the mature content. I think it just kind of added to the unedited. Like, this is raw footage. This is how yeah. it happened. I th- I think it would have taken away from it a lot if they if they edited it like that. So I appreciate the fact that they they did it the way they did it. Now there's a difference between that and like like. It, it would be tough to, to mic up players and like live and be like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. It, that's hard to do. Live TV editing and things like that. You can, you can dump them. That's the, the technical term. You can dump them when they say something that they shouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily know how, like, I don't know how willing they would be to do that. Um, yeah. So even still though, like even if you were like, Hey, uh, Bryce Harper, we're going to mic you up. And just so you know, where you're mic'd, right? You're live. And when we're not, when the game's not going on, you can say whatever you want. But when you're in the field or whatever, you got to, you got to keep it PG. They're, they're good with that. Like, I, I don't see an issue. I'm with sure that. there'd be a couple slip ups here and there, but. Well, yeah. But honestly, I mean, let me be honest with you, man. If I'm a big network like that, if I'm a big network, 
And if Bryce Harper, okay, let's say Bryce Harper's hitting and he knows he's like, I, I'm not supposed to say anything bad. If he gets hit in the rib cage and he's like, Oh fuck, everybody's watching it. I'm willing to pay the FCC fine. Everybody's watching that. Yeah. Yeah. That clip would probably go viral. Oh, and it'd be, 100%. Yeah. It'd be worth the time. I, I would like that's, I think, like you said, it'd probably be harder to do with some sports as compared to others. Like the NBA, I guess it would be more difficult. The players are closer together all the time, bouncing on and off of each other. It, it'd be more difficult to have a consistent mic uh, on those players, especially while they're playing. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's a good idea. And, you know, staying with the NBA, uh, when the NBA does come back, um, and obviously, we talked about this last time. I, I wish the NBA and every other league except for the NHL did have a definitive, when we come back, this is how we're coming back. Yeah. Um, I respect the NHL a lot. I talked about that last time we streamed last night. So I'm not going to touch on it too much. But um, once the NBA does come back, who do you think is going to be the best team? And is it the Los Angeles Clippers? Man, that's tough. Like, I love the Clippers roster. And I've said this multiple times, and I'll probably continue to say it. I'm not the biggest basketball genius. Like, I am I would consider myself a very, very casual fan. Um, so some of the things that I'm going to say are probably dumb and uh, definitely out of line. So It's okay. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I, think the, I think the Clippers roster, I, I love the Clippers roster. I just don't know... Like, the Lakers are so dominant. And the Bucks are so dominant. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, the Lakers can come in to a city and be like, you know what? We're going to score 150 tonight. And they do it. So, like, I just don't know. In an offensive league, how do you keep up with that? So, so here's my gripe with the Clippers. And I don't want to say gripe because at the end of the day, they are a fantastic team no matter how you slice it. Uh, yes, the Lakers did have the best record in the West at the time when the NBA did shut down. Probably would have finished with the best record in the West uh, yeah. despite a catastrophic something, injury, whatever the case would have been. But the Clippers, the way that team was constructed was constructed for the playoffs. Um, but there's an issue with that. The Clippers continued to add pieces as the season went on, uh, almost trying to overload the squad with talent. And on paper, that seems like a good idea, i.e. the 2012 Lakers with Steve Nash, Kobe, and Dwight, which on paper you would think they would have won a championship. If yeah. injuries didn't play out the way they did, you know, maybe they do. But aside from that, that team just did not perform the way they were supposed to. And the Clippers obviously – are a great team. We're going to make the playoffs, being the being contending for the Western Conference Finals with the Lakers and probably a couple other teams. Um, but the biggest thing with the Clippers to me was chemistry. Um, they added pieces again throughout the entire season, making trades, and I just don't know that all the pieces fit correctly. I guess with this time off, especially once facilities reopen, I'm I'm sure they probably have gotten some of the kinks worked out, but. Um, you know, even when when uh, Marquis for Marcus, God, I still get him confused to this day. Uh, whichever Morris brother Rock went Chalk. to, I, I want to say, pretty sure it's Marquis. I'm pretty sure. I still get him confused to this day. I've never been able to sort him out, <laughs> especially when I'm not watching the game. Um, but when the Morris brother got traded from New York 
to L.A. for Mo Harkless and a first-round pick, I believe, which was a god-awful trade for the Knicks, uh, which who's surprised at this point? Um, but he just the couple the couple games, especially after he first started, it just it didn't fit right. Uh, he wasn't himself, and obviously, yeah, it takes some time to get going with a new team, but certain players just fit better within a certain role, within a certain system, whatever the case is. And, and it's hard for me to doubt the Clippers' playoff ability with how much talent, again, that they do have. But the Lakers, man, the the cohesion within that team is has been something else when they've played together. Dwight Howard is having probably the best season he's had maybe since he was at Charlotte. Um, he's been all over the place and seems to have found the right role for him. Finally, he he's out of the limelight. Doesn't need to feel like he has to be a star. He just, he does what he does best. And that is all the Lakers need. So it's a perfect fit for him. They definitely don't have as much depth as the Clippers do. So when those second units come in, it's a little bit of a different story. The Lakers also have the better duo of the two. If you ask me, Anthony Davis, LeBron James is, I don't want to say far and away better than Kawhi and Paul George, but it's, I don't think it's close. You agree with um, management? Do I agree with what? Load management. God, no, I don't. Okay, because I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, I was, I got really sick of trying to bet on the Clippers and then, like, see the headlines, like, no Kawhi tonight. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> LeBron put it perfectly, man. You, you are paid to go out and not only win basketball games, but you're paid to go give the fans what they paid to go see. You got kids that have, especially in the case of big stars like LeBron, like a Kawhi, like a Paul George, you know, some kids wait years and years and years for the opportunity to go to their hometown where the Lakers are playing at or whatever the case is to see these guys play. And yeah. when you're doing this load management crap, it it just takes away a little bit of the shine. Um while I get it, I understand wanting to save your guys to the playoffs. Obviously, it worked for Kawhi when he was in Toronto. Uh, even though, dude, by the end of that championship run last year, Kawhi looked dead. Yeah. Um, even with all the load management. So I, I understand why he's doing it. I just I, I can never get on board with, yeah, man, if you, if you feel tired, you just shouldn't play. Um, you're getting paid millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to go and play basketball and I get you got to protect your body. But if you're going to get paid that much, you need to play basketball games. Dude, you can't and, sit here and tell me that the front office is okay. Like unless they worked out that deal before, like when he signed, like, Hey, Kawhi, listen, we're giving you, I don't even know what his contract is. I know it's big, but when you, let's just say, let's, let's say I, I was a, an off a front office executive and I was like, listen, I'm going to give you $10 million. And I already know that you're playing 64 games instead of the instead of trying to go the whole 82. If that's an agreement that they've that they already threw out there, then then that's fine. But if I'm an executive and I go, hey, I'm paying you 10 million for 82 games, and then at the end of the season you only play 64, and you were fine, you were fine. There's no there's no lingering injury. There's none of that. I'm pissed because. That ten million for eighty two just went down to sixty four, and if we don't win a championship, it's like, what? Really? I'll go pay somebody four million for sixty four games. And and on top of that, I'm a I'm a firm believer that 
uh, if the Clippers would have played all their starters as much as they could throughout the entire regular season, I get the regular season isn't the end goal. Finishing with the number one seed isn't the end goal. It's to win a championship. I get that. Uh, I'm a firm believer that they could at least have as good of a record, if not very close or better than the Lakers with the, the squad that they have. I just, it, I, I can never get down with with load management. Once again, I think if if you're going to miss a certain amount of games when you are completely healthy, whether it's you sit on the second half of a back to back, whatever the case is, you should take a pay cut. Like you're not playing that game, you shouldn't get paid for that game, especially when you're there's nothing wrong with you. Um, yeah, and like you mentioned the back to back thing, like I, I I get that because in hockey specifically, back to backs are fucking brutal. Like. If like the the Blackhawks had a, a really really tough r- tough stretch where they went from Winnipeg to Calgary and then Vancouver I think it was Vancouver Edmonton in like a stretch of four days and you can tell that like these these players are gassed um, but th- that's a strategic like the the most that you would see is a goalie switch in in hockey mm-hmm. like Corey Crawford and then Robin Leonard. Okay, but that's a strategic thing, and they're not doing that every week. Like, Kawhi's playing three out of every five games. And it's like, I'm sorry, man. I can't get down with that. Like, I, like if you're – look, if you're tuning in, you gotta you got to uh, input your thoughts into the comments. Owen will, will read those out loud. We'll give you a shout-out. But I, I'm just not a fan. Like, you, you worked so hard to get to the NBA, and you have so many fans – you, they deserve to see you play. Like I get it. You want to make the playoffs, and you want to be you want to be healthy for the playoffs. But like, I don't know. I just I I think it's kind of a. I get the strategy. I just think it's, I think it's wrong. I think it's it's almost. I'd consider it like you're cutting corners to try and you know increase your chances of you know winning when you need to win the most, which I, I just don't think is. I don't think it's the right way to approach the NBA. Just because you think you can win games without these certain players doesn't mean they should be allowed to sit when there's nothing wrong with them. And then the um, thing too, I, I don't mean to keep cutting you off. I need to get better at doing that, but or not doing that. But like another thing that I just thought of is, what if what if Kawhi, like let's say let's say the Clippers the the season's over and the Clippers won 57 games, and you're like, oh, okay, it was pretty good. How many games did? Uh, how many games did Kawhi sit? You're like, uh, he sat 20, 24 games. And you're like, can you imagine if they won half of those? Like, half of those games. Or I just, like, you my, big, my, you my, biggest, my biggest example is none other than LeBron James, who is still, I don't care who you are, he's still the best player on the face of this planet, hands down. Uh, there are a lot of guys that are creeping up, but LeBron James is 35, has completely changed the way he plays the game to adjust to his age, which is something that you don't see very often, um, yeah. especially at the the level he's doing. And, and he said it best, man, like people pay to come see us and I'm not going to let those people down. Um, the only, I, I know there's no stopping load management unless the NBA, you know, creates some sort of rule to do it. Um, the NBA did try and stop it a little bit more this year. Uh but teams were still kind of finding ways around it, saying that things were wrong with players when nothing was really wrong with players because the NBA doesn't agree with load management either because they're trying to make the most money. You got to think um, if the Clippers are playing, 
I don't want to say the Lakers because likely everybody's playing in, in yeah. those games, but if the Clippers are on a national nationally televised game, um, every single whoever's broadcasting that game, whether it be TNT, ESPN, ABC, whatever, they're automatically losing money if those star players don't play, no matter who they're playing. Um, if I tuned into a Clippers game and saw that Kawhi was sitting and it was just Paul George and you know a couple of other guys were out, like I, I don't want to watch that. You know, I, I want to see the teams play each other at their very best for yeah. for 48 minutes, and that's that's just all it comes down to. I I don't agree with it. I think the NBA does need to find a way to to cut back and really be more serious about how they enforce load management. Um, and that's that's really all I have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to keep going because I I feel like I'm just gonna keep repeating myself. But yeah, I I hope they figure it out, and I hope players start thinking about the the bigger picture yeah and it it, the bigger picture man that's something i I understand being selfish sometimes but the bigger picture is something that even in the times we're in right now it seems that some people really just can't wrap around their heads uh but moving on to the next topic we're going to talk a little bit about mlb josh's bread and butter my sort of bread and butter Uh, (laughs) um And Josh, we're going to kind of stay on the same wavelength with what we just talked about with the NBA. Uh, and, and what do you think about when the MLB comes back? Because it's a completely different situation than the NBA. NBA is towards the end of the season. The MLB hasn't even started yet. And yeah. how do you think this time off is going to affect how players play? Do you think the division changes, if they happen, are going to be good, bad for the game? What do you think about the MLB coming back as a whole? I, first of all, I love the division changes. I absolutely love them. Uh, I agree with you. I was hoping I was hoping you would agree with that. Yeah, they, they put the Cubs and White Sox in the same division. Uh, White Sox Brewers. I mean, the, the list goes on of of great matchups. Mm-hmm. I I think so. Here I'm very um, I'm very in in between when it comes to baseball. Like I'm a progressive, but I'm also like there are certain things that I would I I don't want to change. There's certain things about baseball that like should stay the same in my opinion. But when we're talking about this situation and we're talking about how badly the major league baseball uh, landscape needs to grow these changes need to they need to try it and i so again i i love the the division changes that's amazing um i i don't like the new playoff format um i I don't think that that's something that they needed to change i I thought the playoff format was about as perfect as they could get it yeah, and and first of all, you're now you're making it easier for teams to make the playoffs, and this is going on in in multiple sports, but you're rewarding bad behavior, like you're rewarding teams to not lay it all out there, and you're gonna see players like, yeah, you know what, we can afford it. I'm gonna take a break. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take, uh, I'm gonna take you know three days off because we're six games up and we'll be fine. And we'll make the playoffs regardless. So I just I, I I I don't like that aspect. But as far as returning goes, I think this is a golden opportunity, and this is where I think that um, I was upset with with um, how do I say this? I was upset with the MLB because the NHL was the first to come back and say, "Hey, we got a plan. As soon as we're ready to go, we're ready to go." Major League Baseball had a golden opportunity to be like, "We're gonna be." The first one's back, and it's going to be good, and all eyes are going to be on us. Yeah, I, I just 
I don't know the MOB. The I agree with you. The playoff format changing isn't wasn't really my cup of tea. I I think the only thing that I thought they should have changed is maybe changing the ALDS and the NLDS to to seven games instead of five. Um, but other than that, I couldn't really ask for a much better playoff format the way they had it. I thought it was electric. I thought it was just enough teams. Um, and for the most part, every team that ends up making the playoffs in the MLB has a shot, as we saw with the Nationals. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't really understand why, but we'll see how it goes. I don't want to hate on something before it's actually you know happened around for the first time. So we'll see how this season goes. But who do you think is the best team in the MLB right now? Um, I, I think, man... I th- I think it's the Dodgers. Um, it's it's hard for me to sit here and say that it's the Yankees because they're so injured. Like, they, they even during the off season, man, I'm wearing a Yankees hat right now, and d- even during the off season, we can't stay healthy. Yeah, like th- they have so many issues staying healthy. But like, if they're if they're a fully healthy team, I would I wouldn't have a problem. I wouldn't even hesitate saying Dodgers Yankees World Series. I wouldn't have a do problem. You, do you think Mookie works out in in LA though? Um, I think that's an interesting question. I, I think he does because he doesn't need to be the guy to carry all the weight. And I think that's something like he wanted the big money, but I, there it's there's something to be said about players carrying all the weight for a team. Like we saw it here in Chicago with Jose Abreu. He was on a consistent basis. He was he was driving in 100-plus runs for 62-win teams. And it's like, get this guy some help, man. So not to say that the Red Sox were bad, but the, you know, last season kind of took a took a tumble for the, for Boston. Yeah, and that, that's what I was about to say. I think Mookie, after the, the World Series run, really felt the pressure to, to perform at an even higher level than winning a World Series, which you know is a lot of pressure to put on yourself no matter who you are. Um, and I think that showed. I I just Jackie Bradley Jr. didn't really perform the same. Mookie it didn't look like the same player. He didn't look like a max player, to be honest with you. Right. Um, and and I don't know. Maybe a change of scenery works out for him. But that again, like you said, that team is loaded. Do you like the trade that was made between the the Red Sox and the Dodgers? Uh, yeah, I think I I, I think the Dodgers were at a point where they're like. First of all, the Dodgers have enough money to do whatever they want. So That's true. Um again, it it just goes back to they're going to they need to bolster as many positions as they can and they they did it with Mookie Betts. The only thing that I can say is if you let Clayton Kershaw pitch in the playoffs, you're dumb. Like put him in put him in right field or something if you want to have him in the game. Like he's just he can't pitch in the playoffs, man. And then you go back and you're like, "Well, okay. Okay, the, this the is Astros this is cheated and then and, and this and that. I get that, but like, even looking at his other performances and other series, it's like, man, he just can't get over the hump. Okay, I, I agree with you to a certain extent about Kershaw. Um, I think that he was ready to get the monkey off his back against the Astros, and they not not only cheated the Dodgers but everybody else. Yeah, so. I mean, if if I'm not mistaken, that series between the Dodgers and the the Astros went to seven, right? I believe it did go to seven, yeah. And the Astros cheated and went to seven games. I just and was yeah, no, Kershaw I mean, pitching in Game Seven, right? Uh that I I don't I don't remember. 
unfortunately. I should know that a couple years. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. But no, like, I, I, I want to be clear, though. Like, I like Clayton Kershaw. I don't have anything against Clayton Kershaw. I like when he plays against the Cubs. I love watching him pitch. It, it, like, it's just one of those things where, like, man, they got to figure out how to get him over the hump. And you it's could, almost like he can't get out of his own head. Yeah, it's like you, you could be right. You know, he was ready to get it done against the Astros, and unfortunately the Astros are a bunch of snobs. So that could be a thing. But, I, like, I'm rooting for Clayton Kershaw. It's at the point where, like, I really do feel bad for him. Like, I, I want you to win a World Series. I really do. So, I, again, back to Mookie Betts. I, I like it because it just makes them more dangerous. Like, I, I don't think they were hurt in that deal at all. Uh, I I think... They gave up a couple of pretty good young studs, though, which, I yeah. mean, for Mookie Betts well, is understandable, but... But you got to think about the Dodgers' developmental uh, system. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. also a good point. So they, they can go get guys. that I, They're not... They're not uh, worried. They're about. not pressed for young talent. Right. They're, they can find it. They'll get it. So, I, again, I think if everybody stays healthy in L.A. and if they can put those pieces together, they can construct a lineup in a strategic way to just make it, make it seem like there's no holes in that lineup. I don't see any reason why, just like every other year in the past decade, they've won the uh, division and... They go through the playoffs. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're, they're not even going to get tested, but I, I'm having a hard time believing that the, the that the Dodgers don't make the World Series. Well, the last thing I want to say about the MLB, because I'm interested to hear your your thoughts on this. Um, so with the, the new divisions and, and a very likely shortened season for the MLB, it'd be uh, almost unimaginable to think that they'd still play 162. They're not. Um, that's, yeah, that's, there's, there's no chance. Yeah, they're not playing. But if it goes down to somewhere around 100, maybe a little less, depending on how long it takes them to come back, do you think that... I'm trying to find the right way to phrase this correctly. Um, do you think that they should stick to a shorter season? I mean, I, I think a shorter season for the MLB, and I'll, I'll go ahead and give you my thoughts. A shorter season for the MLB, I think, would keep people uh, from getting... I don't know, exhausted by the regular season. I think the end of the regular season is by far the best, but yeah. I don't know. So my my view on that is, and I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. No, we got a got a we got a comment, Josh. We got okay. drunk shot Sox fan. Uh, it says pitching will hurt them. Get hitting gets you through the playoffs. Pitching wins you the World Series. And I couldn't accept more. A thousand percent correct. And I hope I wasn't like unclear that like the the their rotation. Uh, or I'm sorry that their their batting order would get them to the World Series and, and help them win it. Uh, well, obviously they would help them win it, but like it's not going to be the only factor. I agree. I, I think um, I just I like their I like their rotation. Like I I don't think that I can look at at the uh, at the Dodgers rotation and be like, there's no way they can win that. Like when you look at any team's rotation, a top team like that, like a healthy top team, you can go, well, yeah, I mean, it's not amazing. It's not, it's not number one for sure. Hands down. But if they can, you know, if, if, if they play their cards, right, they can win it. So I agree. So who has the best rotation in the MLB right now? Oh shit. Um, can I give you an off the cuff wild yeah. answer? Yeah. Tampa Bay. 
can't, I can't, I, I can't dispute it. Tampa Bay's rotation is young and amazing. Mm-hmm. I guess that's not off the cuff and wild. I, I think the Yankees, I don't understand how you can hurt. not just, put them in the conversation. But they're hurt. Yeah. Don't remind me. Um, a fully healthy Yankees rotation um, is going to be something to behold. But again, who knows how long they're going to actually be able to stay healthy. But moving back to the short MLB season, um, do you think it's smart to to shorten the the season if this does work out and the MLB once it returns? Thousand percent. But I, I got to play devil's advocate again. I don't know if the owners are willing to cut the season because that's a good point. Be, because you go from eighty one home games to forty one. Let's just say you go eighty two games. Uh, or I I feel like a healthy number really is a hundred. Like play a hundred games. Um. But let's just say they play 82, even even 100. We'll we'll, we'll stick with 100. You you mm-hmm. went from you went from 81 home games to 50. That's a it's 31 games that you're missing money on, and I don't know maybe like do you do you raise the prices for tickets because there's less availability when you when you that's, go to 50 that's home likely games? what would happen. Do you do what what happens to players' salaries? What happens to executive pay? what happens to all of these things. Like there's, there's a ton of factors that go into it. And I just don't know if major league baseball shrinks a little bit or if they stay the same and tickets go up and salaries stay the same, because then you're looking at, okay, well, if we go to 50 games and let's just say a $20 ticket is now $40, can we expect fans to pay that? I mean, it seems a majority of MLB teams taking out the blue bloods, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cubs, you know, all of the above, you know, the teams I'm talking about, the smaller market teams, like a, I don't want to call Miami a small market, but Miami's pretty bad. Um, (laughs) You, you know what I mean? Uh, Even Tampa Bay, man, Tampa Bay with as good of a rotation as they had with them competing with the Yankees uh, in the AL towards the end of the season. Like, I don't know. It's 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 tough, man. Like these smaller market teams would be real pressed because they're having a hard time selling tickets as it is with 162 games. Yeah. But on on the same note, I, I'll play devil devil's advocate for you. If there's less games, um, then so if you look at the MLB season as it is, if I'm a normal normal going fan and I want to go to a game. When I look at the MLB season, I have 80 something opportunities to go to an MLB game. If you cut it to 100 and you you play 50 away, 50 at home, that's that's considerably less chances fans have have to go see their team play at home and once the regular season starts winding down, uh whether it's this season or or others once they or if they were to to cut the games down, um, once the regular season starts winding down with less games, people are going to start coming. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I just think like if, if there was no money involved and you were just talking from a, from, from like the, the principle, like the general idea of shortening the season, I think it needs to be shortened. Uh, because you have this, like the beginning of the season, the first month of the season, maybe month and a half, two months. It's really exciting because the the teams that made additions, all the fans are watching, all the fans want to go to games because they missed baseball. And 
you want to see these these younger teams and their young talent. You want to see them in person. But then you get like June, July, and a little bit of August where it's like, it's, at that point, you almost season, know who's going to yeah, miss that's, out. That's the thing. Like your season's over in June if you're bad. It's over. And, and, and that's where I'm trying to get with this with the advantages of having a shorter season. Um, you increase the importance of each game by a lot. Taking away thirty, what if it goes to to a hundred? You take away sixty two games. That that's a lot to yep. take away from a team, uh, and it makes mistakes and slip ups a lot more important, especially within the confines of a division, because one two games can decide the whole thing, and whether you make the playoffs as a wild card or not. So I, I think it would add some excitement, especially to the end of the regular season, and I think it takes away that middle part that you were just talking about where it just kind of drags between the beginning when people are excited and the end when you're waiting to see who's going to end up making the playoffs. I'm telling you right now, I think that this shortened season for the MLB is really going to wake up the executives. I think it's if Rob Manfred can get his head out of his own ass, which he probably won't, he probably won't. This is going to be the turning point of major league baseball. I hope that like I hope that executives sit there and go, "Wow, you know what? It was game 9 of this regular season and that was electric. We need to we got we have to sit we have to find a way. And maybe it's not in 2021. Maybe it's, "Hey, this is the plan. We're we're executing this plan and we're putting it into into motion in 2024. So we have time to adjust and we have time to make sure everything is is the way it should be." I would be okay with that, but I'm just, I don't see a reason you, you stick with 162 games after the shortened season because you're going to have old fashioned fans that go, this is bullshit. There needs to be 162. It's just the way baseball is supposed to be. But in my opinion, the majority of people, the majority of baseball fans are going to go, I watched a White Sox Royals game and it was amazing because we can't lose this game. Yeah. And, and that intensity, it, it doesn't really come around until either the playoffs start or right before when divisions are really coming down, you know, to the, to the final couple games. And I'd love to see more of that, that excitement and and grit and players going into this and pregame press conferences and social media, whatever, knowing like, okay, we have 20 games left in the season, but we have to win today. Yep. So yeah, there's not going to be any more of that. Well, today was a bad day. We'll, we'll get back at it tomorrow. Like, no, no, if it went we down, oh, yeah, exactly. So, I, I like you said, I think it's going to be a big eye opener, um, depending on how many games they actually do go down to. Because honestly, I think it could do, go down a little bit more depending on how long this this COVID stuff lasts and how long they want to stretch out uh, the end of the season when they want to have the World Series and and what have you. But uh, again, like you said, it's going to open a lot of eyes and and really make these teams and owners explore options as to as to how they go forward. Are you ready for your trivia question? No. Yeah, no? It's three to one, right? It is three to one. Yes. Three to one. It's three to one because I gave you a bonus question, but and you, you gave okay. me the opportunity to get that point back, and I missed it. <laughs> okay, so for everybody tuning in for the first time, me and Josh do trivia at the end of every episode. We like to try and stump each other. Uh, we try and keep a scoreboard. Sometimes it may not be accurate. We need to keep an Excel spreadsheet as to keep you updated, but currently I'm in the lead three to one. Uh, Josh gave me a freebie last episode thinking that I would not be able to answer. So 
Oh, wait, 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 wait a second. Which one was the freebie? The second question or the first one? Both. That bullshit. <laughs> it was the bullshit. It was a freebie. You took seven minutes to answer the first okay, question. Okay. Okay. The second one was a freebie. Okay. Fair. Second one was a freebie. Uh, so either you are going to blank on this question, or you're going to know it right off the top. I don't I'm think there's going to be blank. in between. I'm very dumb, but <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, trivia question for the day, and we need to get some Jeopardy music on a soundboard for this. Yeah. That's something I'm going to work on, by the way. Uh, but final segment of the day, trivia question, my turn to ask Josh. Josh, who won the Stanley Cup in 1996? 96. 96, 96, 96. I, I have, like, right off the bat I wanted to say it, but I'm, I'm trying to go back. Just to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Most I'm, of the time, both of our first choice answers are wrong. Yeah, I, well, I just want to make sure. I think I wrote an article about this. But I think it was 90... No, that was 92. Fuck. Uh, 96. I have two guesses in mind, and I think one of them... I'm, I'm going to say this one. I think it's wrong because I'm mixing up my years. Um, was it Detroit? No, it was not Detroit. Uh, 96. Damn it. Why am I? I was three. Um, I, I was trying to think of your birth year Stanley Cup champion, and I couldn't remember, so I just kind of picked one in the <laughs> middle of the 90s. <laughs> this one's wrong, too. Uh, yeah, this one's wrong, too. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. I, okay. I'll give you one more final shot because the Pittsburgh Penguins was wrong. Give you one more chance because you gave I'm me a freebie just, last like, episode. 96. I'm having such a hard time remembering the 90s because Detroit what? was so dominant. They won three Stanley Cups in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh won in 92. I'm, I'm, I, to every hockey fan out there, I'm sorry. Um, final I, guess. This was before. This was before their time. At ninety six, why is this such an issue? Uh, this is wrong. Colorado. It is Colorado. Oh, the only reason why I guess that is because of Patrick Waugh. <laughs> Redemption in the final second. Redemption. That's such a cop out. I'll take the point though. Three to two. Yeah, it it was a cop out last time too. You kind of gave me a like I said, you okay. So how about, how, how about this from now on? Because we have people, we have people that are that can keep us honest about this. No more cop outs. We get one guess, and that's it. And that's it. Okay, sounds good to me. So the current score is three to two. Uh, we're going to continue to do this every episode. If you guys like it, we can do more trivia, make it a longer segment. Whatever you guys like, just let us know on Twitter, uh, in the reviews below, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys are listening. Uh, but I think that's about all we have for t- for today, guys. Uh, the final trivia score is 3-2. to two. We will see if I can take a two-point lead next episode. But other than that, thank you for tuning in on Periscope, on Spotify, wherever you guys are listening. And we will see you next time. Josh, you got anything else? Nope, we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.